Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. I think that's one place that a lot of people fail. They have these big, huge goals and all these things they want to do, and so we do it all at one time. And we're going to try to (laughs) tackle every single habit and every single bad habit we have, and we're going to start every single routine at one time. You can't do that. You've got to start small. I tell my clients that you have to dream big and work small. You have to work little pieces at a time. Starting with a morning routine Mm. is massive. And I don't care if your mornings start at 4.30 a.m. or if they start at 9 a.m. Doing the same thing every morning for the first hour you're awake can make massive differences in your productivity, in your mindset, in your creativity, in your decisiveness, in your productiveness all day long. Welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, Kelly Hayes-Smith. Kelly is a mom of three. She's a postpartum anxiety and depression warrior, and she pivoted her life to help other women fight against anxiety and overwhelm by creating a game plan, routines, and systems. So today we chatted all about creating routines and systems and habits that help you have less anxiety and less overwhelm, but allow you to get more done of what you actually need to and want to get done. So so excited for this episode. If you've been feeling overwhelmed or anxious, this is the one for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. I live in a small town in northeastern Tennessee. I have three kids, three boys. I have a 20-something. I have a teenager and I have a toddler. And after my third baby, I had overwhelming anxiety and depression, postpartum anxiety and depression. And while I may have always been kind of an anxious personality, I had never actually had anxiety Mm -hmm. and it was crippling. It left me just completely sidelined and struggling on the couch, just frozen. I felt like I was in a time warp and everything else was happening around me and I was stuck. And I'll never forget this night, my middle son, there was something that happened with him and I ended up huddled in the fetal position in my our bathroom floor and my husband came in and I said you are going to have to do something with me put me somewhere because I can't keep going like this mm-hmm. and he called our doctor who is also one of my really good friends and she talked me through that night and she's like I think what you really need is to get some routines in your life see if you can start some daily routines Mm-hmm. And I took all of my obsessiveness and craziness that I had had with my postpartum anxiety, and I threw that into learning about routines, mm-hmm. learning about organizing my life. And slowly but surely, I built back life. And not only did I build back my life, but I built back a life I never expected that I would ever have had mm-hmm. just by creating 
routines and habits and organization in my life because it gave me a feeling of control. Mm -hmm. It gave me a feeling of being able to fight back against all the crap that had been happening, like all of this just stuck feeling and all of these things. And slowly but surely, I learned not just to live, to survive my day, but to thrive and to love what I was doing and to learn my own power. Mm -hmm. And so now what I do is I teach other overwhelmed mamas who are struggling and stuck and just feel like they're constantly playing the catch-up game, how to fight back and how to create that system in their life that will allow them to live their purpose Mm -hmm. and the things that they really want to live and stop dealing in the fluff of the things that they don't care about, but really focusing in on their purpose. Love it. So if someone's like, oh my gosh, that's me, (laughs) where would you tell them to start as far as creating routines? But, you know, that's that's a lot of it. First and foremost, you've got to take on the mantra of putting your feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. And that was my mantra from my first days of trying to take back my control until now. And your first step is just putting your feet on the floor. Literally, that's the wallpaper on the back of my phone. It's It's everywhere. Because once your feet are on the floor, once you're standing... Mm-hmm you can fight back harder and your feet will know what to do. Once you put them on the floor, they can go forward. They can move, they can create momentum and motivation, but they got to get on the floor first. So Mm -hmm. your first step is always just putting your feet on the floor and getting up. Mm -hmm. But you know, after that, when it comes to creating routines, you've got to start with first, you have to always start with bite-sized pieces. You have to, you can't try to say that. I think that's one place that a lot of people fail. They have these big, huge goals and all these things they want to do. And so we do it all at one time. And we're going to try to (laughs) tackle every single habit and every single bad habit we have. And we're going to start every single routine at one time. You can't do that. You've got to start small. I tell my clients that you have to dream big and work small. You have to work little pieces at a time, starting with a morning routine Mm. is massive. And I don't care if your mornings start at 4.30 a.m. or if they start at 9 a.m. Doing the same thing every morning for the first hour you're awake can make massive differences in your productivity, in your mindset, in your creativity, in your decisiveness, in your productiveness all day long. What can you share as far as being more productive? What are three tips that you can share on how to be more productive? Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) So my three big ones in my productivity toolbox, okay, would be first and foremost, use the concept of brain dumping. You've heard of brain dumping, I'm sure. I have my clients do a brain dump at night before they go to bed because Mm -hmm you know, that feeling of laying down and closing your eyes and being like, okay, now I've got to remember to do A, B, C, and D tomorrow. And I need to do X, Y, Z and all of these things. And so if you brain dump before you close your eyes, your mind doesn't have to hold on to that and it can rest and then take your brain dump from the night, the next morning and organize it into a plan, into a to-do list or a plan Mm -hmm. of some sort. So do the brain dump and then organize it. My second big productivity tip would be to plan to catch up. Hmm. We've got to stop thinking that if we don't cross everything off of our list, 
on the day we assigned it to ourselves <laughs> that we failed mm-hmm. in some way. So in my weekly plan, I always have a massive time block on Fridays for catch up. And that mm. means if Monday I didn't cross it off my list, no biggie, it goes on my list for Friday because I've already planned in time for catch up. And that way it's not like I'm trying to do all of my to-do list that I've assigned myself for the day and add to that at the end. So if you'll plan to catch up, mm. the overwhelm kind of stops and you can maintain productivity. And this is a this is a funny one, but on I shared this with some people on Instagram, with my followers on Instagram not long ago, and one of my husband's old high school wrestlers messaged me, and he was like, that's the best tip I've ever gotten. He's a realtor now, and he's like, that's fabulous. I love that. Zone out when you don't feel like doing what you need to do to be productive. Mm. Create a playlist on your phone of things that you, of music that just kind of pumps you up and you can zone out to. Mine is Taylor Swift. (laughs) Put it in your earbuds and do the thing that you need to do and zone out of what you're doing and just kind of be in your own world. Because before long, you'll realize you finished whatever it is you didn't want to do and you didn't really even know you were doing it. Mm -hmm. I especially love that tip about scheduling time for the things that you didn't get to because I know I use Trello and a lot of times at the end of the day I'll drag everything to like well this still needs to get done and then I haven't before like really scheduled time of like when all those things are going to get done so then it's just like every day I'm like well hopefully I can finish this list of 25 things (laughs) and it piles up and Mm -hmm. that's where the overwhelm cycle starts because first and foremost we all expect far too much out of ourselves like Mm -hmm. we put crap on our list that we couldn't finish in 24 hours if we you know were (laughs) legitimately wonder woman like women are wonder woman and we're superheroes but we cannot do all the things all the time. And so we put all this on ourselves Mm -hmm. and we expect ourselves to get it done. And then we feel like we failed if we didn't. Mm -hmm. So we're asking way too much of ourselves. And then when we don't get it done, we kick ourselves. (laughs) So if you schedule that block and you just know that this is plan A, but if it doesn't work out, then it goes on to plan B and we're good. Yeah. I know one of the things you talk about is decision overwhelm. What is that? (laughs) Yeah, so decisions in the moment, number one, cut down on our productivity. Because when we have to stop and think about what we're going to do next, Mm. we're wasting time. Think about, like, getting in the car to go out to eat, but you don't know where you're going yet. And Mm. you're arguing, like, on your way there. We all do that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, where do you want to go? I don't care. Where do you want to go? Okay, well, (laughs) let's go here. No, I don't want to go there. And so we spend all this time trying to decide where we're going to go mm-hmm. and we're driving around aimlessly. It's the same thing in our daily lives. If we sat down once a week and planned out every single decision we could make ahead of time, clothes, meals, chores, priorities, all of those things. And it was done for us a week in advance, like on Sunday. Say you had an hour on Sundays, you planned all those decisions out. Mm-hmm. You are in the decision-making framework mind, you know, once you get in that mindset, okay, it's easier to kind of keep that ball rolling. And then when you get to it on Tuesday and you're like throwing your hands up in the air, I don't know what chore I need, like the laundry needs to be done and the house needs to be dusted. And I've got 22 things on my office to-do list. 
all this crap needs to get done. How am I going to do it? But if you have a plan, you've already decided when you're going to do what, Mm. you just do it. You don't Mm -hmm. have to stop and think. And then that breaks up that time cycle. So decision overwhelm and women have it way worse than men. Sorry, guys. It's just (laughs) the truth because we put so much on ourselves. So if we have already made that decision, we don't have to stop and think about it. We just Mm -hmm. do it. We don't waste the time to think about it. It's planned. We have the crap we need to do. Like if you need meal planning, if you need X, Y, and Z ingredients, then you've planned to get it. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to stop what you're doing. You just do it. Mm -hmm. And decisions cause us anxiety. They cause us stress. And all of those things cause overwhelm and we tend to shut down. Mm -hmm. So we've got too much to think about. We've got too much to decide. We're just going to stop and shut down. And usually that means I'm just going to sit down and scroll Instagram and order DoorDash for the night Mm -hmm. and not do what I need to do because I just can't handle all these decisions. Mm -hmm. So if you schedule yourself one time a week to make those big decisions, it can change the way you function throughout the week. Yeah, I know I learned somewhere that every decision you make burns the same amount of glucose. So it doesn't matter if it's like, what do you want to eat? Or if it's, what's my next business project going to be? You, it's just as exhausting making those small decisions as the big ones. So that definitely makes sense to try and combine it all at once. So it's not you're just exhausted all the time and you don't know why. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And think about like when you're working your business, if you can stay in that mindset of writing blogs, if you stay in that mindset of creating content, of doing Instagram posts, whatever it is, you tend to be more productive because you're like in that zone. Mm. And it's the same thing for des- decisions. Now I'm in the d- zone. I'm making the decisions. I'm making the plan. I'm in this space, and now when I get out of it, I don't have to worry about going back to it. As far as time management and once you kind of make a plan, how do you – do you have any tips on basically managing yourself? Because I know sometimes I'll set a schedule, and then when it's time to do whatever the task is, I'm like, hmm, (laughs) don't really want to. (laughs) That is is a put-your-feet-on-the-floor moment. And that is a mindset that is, that is a mindset cycle that we, we get into and it's like, eh, I'll do this later. First off, and I talked about this some earlier today with a client. First off, it all starts with mindset. Procrastination is a mindset. It's worrying about the future and we're just putting off whatever that stressor is. But when you create those, those routines, your routines and your habits will outlast your motivation. Mm -hmm. So if you start in a routine and create that habit of just doing it, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry if you're real motivated that day because it's such a habit. You just do the next thing without even thinking about it. But also with time management, you have to allow yourself to have the breaks. Like we can't afford to be burned out because we're constantly on the do. Mm-hmm. So when you do sit down and you take a break and you watch a show on Netflix and then you don't want to get back up and be like, okay, I took the break. One more won't hurt. And then one more leads into like, it's two o'clock in the morning and I haven't changed it yet. Yeah. That is the put your feet on the floor moment. That is, that is a mindset thing. And that's why I use the mantra of putting your feet on the floor even if you don't want to go do the next task you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. if you will put your feet on the floor and commit to standing and getting up. And 
I know that sounds crazy, but usually when we're wasting time, our feet are not on the floor. I mean, (laughs) if we're being honest, right? I mean, like usually they're not there. Mm -hmm. So commit to putting your feet on the floor. Even if you're like, okay, I'm not going to go do that. Put your feet on the floor and see what happens. Because Mm -hmm. usually your feet are going to lead you to what you need to do next anyway. Mm -hmm. But once your feet are on the floor, it's easier to keep moving. So when it comes to time management, I recommend setting timers. So like if you are scrolling Instagram and Pinterest for fun, set a timer for whatever time you want to a lot for that. Same thing with Netflix. Once that show goes off, commit to putting your feet on the floor and getting up. And so you've pl- made a plan, but once those habits are created, the, mm-hmm. that will outlast your motivation. Mm-hmm. So it's all about holding yourself accountable and doing the thing And the more you do it, the easier it is to do because you've created the habit, which just kind of does for itself later on. Mm. Do you have any tips on making something become a habit? So it takes 21 days, right, to actually form a habit. Mm -hmm. And so a reward system for yourself is a great way to go about that. Um, Most of the time, it's all in the mindset. And so accountability partners, that's why I'm a productivity coach. That's why I do what I do. Um, But if you don't have a coach, you need to have someone hold you accountable, not your spouse, because (laughs) that turns into a fight Mm. because I'm I'm married to a personal trainer. No, he cannot train me because I'm always (laughs) like, "Uh -uh, don't tell me what to do. Like, don't tell me I can lift heavier. Back off. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. Have an accountability partner that will hold you to it, but creating the habit just comes from doing it. The key to that is not quitting when it doesn't go 100% your way. Because how many people have started on Monday and they're like, okay, this is the habit I'm doing this week and I'm doing fabulous Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I don't do it in the morning and I'm just might as well quit for the week. I'll start again next week because Mm -hmm. my week's already ruined. The key is stop stop that stop-start cycle. And Mm -hmm. so... When you're creating your habit, if you miss it on Wednesday, instead of throwing in the towel on Wednesday and saying, I'll start Monday, say, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm getting back on the horse. Mm -hmm. And then the next time you miss it, instead of saying, starting tomorrow, I'm getting back on the horse, say, starting this afternoon, I'm getting back on the horse and hold yourself accountable. Take bite-sized pieces. Don't try to do too much at one time. Give yourself grace, but also stop letting yourself take the escape hatch and quit. Mm-hmm. And so keeping track, I like habit tracking. I like writing it down and checking it off. If you're a person who likes to check things off as they go, a habit tracker is great for that. Um, a digital habit tracker. There are like a ton online. <laughs> I use paper and pencil for most of that stuff, but just keep going because once you get to the habit the motivation doesn't have to come. So mm-hmm. hold yourself accountable for that month and see what happens because it'll make a difference. Yeah. I think that's such an important thing to point out that we're not always going to be motivated and cre- making it a habit, I feel like is kind of a secret way of making it happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because motivation comes and goes. I mean, I talk a lot about your motivation comes from your why mm. and that works really well for like the big things, right? Like if I'm going to get healthier, that I can connect really strongly with the why. Mm -hmm. The motivation for the doing the laundry part, not as strong. So it has to come from the habit 
just so I do it just mm-hmm. because it's already, that's what I do all the time. It's like brushing your teeth. There was a time in your life where brushing your teeth had to be like, remember to do it. Now, you know, to do it. And so it's, it, it, that is oversimplified, but it's the same principle. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned that you usually recommend that people have an hour routine in the morning that they do every day. Can you share what yours is? Sure. So yes, an hour, but not necessarily doing things for an hour. Okay. Your first hour you're awake is considered your golden hour. You're the most productive. You're the most decisive. You're the most creative. So there are specific things that I don't do in the first hour I'm awake for that purpose. My morning routine is first and foremost, again, this is my golden rule. Do not use media in the first hour you're awake. So no texting, no emailing, no social media, no news, anything that's going to mess up your mindset, mm-hmm. anything that's going to, you know, like give you comparison envy, like social media tends to do, um, anything that's going to tick you off, like texting can and emailing can or stress you out, not for the first hour. So mm-hmm. I, those are the things I avoid for the first hour. I have three keys to a morning routine. Intentionally move your body. In the first hour I'm awake, I stretch. I don't do my workout first thing in the morning, but I do intentionally stretch for about five minutes. I do a journal prompt and a prayer journal, and I complete a chore, which usually for me is making my bed. Those three things, plus getting dressed for a workout, mm-hmm. are the things that I do first thing in the morning. And mine is, is extremely simplified because I have a toddler and so sometimes I have to contend with Doc McStuffins or whatevs is on TV that morning and so I have to make it work for me and that's a big key don't think that your morning routine needs to be an hour and 45 minutes long and that you need to get your hour-long workout in intentionally Mm -hmm. move your body yes but if that means stretching for 40 for like five minutes no worries Completing a task, like a chore, like I said, I make my bed because it's literally a three to five minute chore. Mm-hmm. Um, when you complete a chore within the first hour you're awake, it tells your mind already that I'm going to be productive because I've already crossed one thing off my list. Mm-hmm. One of, you know, I like to tell clients, make your bed before you leave your bedroom in the morning. It just tells your brain, I've already completed something. Look at what I've already done for the day. Mm-hmm. It also tells your brain that it's time to be up. And then getting dressed also makes you do that. But then you have to take care of your mindset. And I, like I said, I do that in journaling and in a prayer journal. You can also practice affirmations if that's something that you like or meditate, depending on what works for you. But within that first hour, do things that are high productive or high value habits, things like moving your body, protecting your mindset, and being productive, like completing a task or a chore. And then protect your mindset with no media. Again, that's a like a, a cross the board rule for me. Yeah. I think that's a great tip because I know a lot of times like I'll have a plan of what I'm gonna do and then I'll check my emails and realize like a client needs something, there's like a fire going on. <laughs> so then it'll just like throw off everything I'd planned because of something that came in. <laughs> Exactly. And it, it messes with you. And that's the same thing though about scrolling. Mm. Like if you're a content creator, like a lot of us are, we may have an idea of what we're going to do for the day and how, what kind of content we're going to create. But when somebody else's content seeps into us, Mm. it can shape what we do. And Mm -hmm. then we're not as authentically us. And so 
don't allow that because you're at your most creative and your most productive, but you're also at your most vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so don't allow that comparison game to set in first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. Set yourself solid in that first hour and then deal with the things. I love the tip too about getting dressed because I feel like something I've noticed is if say I want to work out if I actually put on my sneakers and my workout clothes or if I know I'm supposed to be working and I actually sit at my desk versus like just going on my computer on my bed that I'm a lot more likely to actually do it just because I'm putting my physical body where like it knows that's what happens there. Exactly. A hundred percent. And that is, I mean, think about staying in your pajamas all day. Mm -hmm. You're not nearly as productive when you're in your pajamas all day than if you get up and change clothes and it can be, listen, leggings or sweatpants. I, there, I don't wear anything else at home. I work from home. I mean, we've been home for how many months now? Like I don't wear anything else, but just changing out of pajamas. Mm -hmm. But yes, I put, I set out, that's one of my decision things. I decide what I'm going to wear every single day of the week on Sundays. And those clothes go out on my dresser. First, I put on my workout clothes because I can do the chores and workout clothes that I do in the morning and then go work out. But when Mm -hmm. I'm in my workout clothes, I have a whole lot harder time saying, eh, I need to do something else instead because I'm already in this. So I might as well. Mm -hmm. And that's half the battle. And then your other clothes like afterwards or whatever. But if you're dressing and I know some people say to put on shoes, that's another productivity tip. A lot of people will say, put on shoes in your house. We don't wear shoes in our house, especially not right now. But like, if that helps you, then that's a tip, put your clothes on. And again, I try to have my bed made and my clothes on before I leave my bedroom in the morning. Whenever I realize Like, I haven't been making my bed, and then I finally do it. And then when I go back into my room at night and I realize I made it, I'm like, oh, wow, thank you, past self. So kind. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Making your bed is such a – it's a mind thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, it it does does do the the task cross off, and so it thinks that. But also, anytime you go into your room throughout the day, your room looks so much more put together Mm -hmm. with a made bed. Mm. than it does when it's unmade. I mean, it just does. Yeah. I know that you have created courses and you also offer one-on-one coaching and group coaching. So can you share kind of behind the scenes of like what made you decide on those different offers and how you went about creating them? Sure. So right, I have the Managed Mindset Method and the Deliberate Day Method that are courses, and they are general, like not necessarily for work-from-home moms, and just helping you manage that mindset and tackle things. And I wanted offers that anyone who needed help could handle, because mm-hmm. My game, the game plan formula, which is both of those courses, is under $100. And you can buy them separately or bundled together. I wanted anyone who needed assistance to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to set down because it made such a difference in my life. And um, I was able to handle just life in general and just taking myself, like, literally, and this is not, I don't do weight loss coaching, mm-hmm. but just changing my mindset and just... Um, adding in habits and routines, I've lost 85 pounds. Wow. So again, I'm not like, I'm not <laughs> for weight. Like I don't do weight loss stuff, mm-hmm. but it, but it mostly came from habits and routines and 
mindset and just living the life I live now Mm -hmm. that three years ago, I cannot even imagine that that's how I would have been. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted anybody and everybody to be able to have their hands on that. My one-to-one coaching is for, I, I primarily work with mompreneurs, but I work with, I have full-time working moms who work outside the home, don't own their own business as well. I needed accountability partners. I mm-hmm. needed mentors. And I have, I would be embarrassed to even show this, but I have <laughs> journals of probably three to 400 pages that I wrote out over my year of methods and try trial and error things. Mm-hmm. And then once I started working with clients of just what works for people and learning different people's personalities and just learning how much having someone in your corner mm. who has walked it yeah. means because especially with anxiety, especially with postpartum anxiety and depression, but especially like intense overwhelm. Sometimes we're embarrassed to talk about the fact that our house is a complete and utter disaster. Mm-hmm. We are embarrassed to talk about the fact that like, We've only fed our kids McDonald's for dinner for the last week because we just can't manage to get it together. But Mm -hmm. when somebody else has been in that situation, when somebody else has felt that way, it's easier to talk to them because you know they understand and you know they've been there. And Mm -hmm. I had that and I wanted to be that for someone else to just be a cheerleader and an encourager and and just proof because it's easy to look at someone and say, yeah, right. You don't know what it's like, but if you know they've been there, Mm -hmm. then you can be like, okay, if they can, I can. And that's what I am. And then I'm doing group group coaching that will actually launch in the second quarter of this year. Um, because I think there's power in numbers and there's power in a group of women who set their mind to doing something together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I believe in that and I love community. So that's, that's why I chose those three routes right now. Hopefully there's some other things coming down the pike eventually, but that's where I'm at right now. If you're someone looking for potentially a coach or group coaching, how do you suggest that they choose which options right for them? You know, first off, you've got a cyber stock because like, you <laughs> need to hear, like I say y'all all the time. If my saying y'all gets on your nerves, it's going to get on your nerves if I'm coaching. Yep. Like, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, like it's, it's real though. You have to be like, you have to connect and you can connect with someone by watching their stories and you can say, okay. And I have a coach and like, we talked for, for a good while on Instagram, just DMing back and forth. Mm. And like, it felt like, and still to this day, I'm like, I feel like you're like one of my best friends, not my coach all the time, because that's the way we communicate with each other. But you also have to have someone that you can be willing to be pissed off at because mm-hmm. there are times I'm going to piss you off. I'm going to, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to, I'm going to call you on your excuses. Like mm-hmm. if you're telling me that, you know, I just didn't have time and I call you on that, you have to be willing to be mad at me and just be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And so you have to find someone that their tough love will inspire you instead of turn you off. Yeah, And I feel like that's really important. And you have to find someone who you can relate to because you need to be able to relate to them. Like, you know, again, I work mostly with moms because that is what I'm in the throes of right now. And so you need to find that person that you understand. 
read their Instagram posts? Do you understand the way they're talking to you? Mm -hmm. Do you understand the words they're using? Like, can you hear your voice saying those things? Mm -hmm. Because if you can't relate to them, the way they're coaching you is probably not going to relate to you that way either because language is important and communication is important and in coaching it's invaluable. I mean, it has to happen. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that's a good tip to kind of look around and look at the different options of coaches because I agree like when I am working with someone one-on-one like I want it to be someone that I can hang out with and like I'm not gonna dread like every week that we have a call you know yeah and And you know and you also have to look about what what is it that you're looking for what is your Mm -hmm. pain point what is your problem like Mm -hmm. In business, is it simply business? Are you simply looking for someone to help you create lead magnets and, you know, email nurture sequences and and, um, content creation? Are you looking for someone who, you know, that you need a balance, a work-life balance? Because mostly what I do is I don't do the whole super businessy side. I have some duo things with other women coaches that Mm -hmm. we can do together, but I do life systems, Mm -hmm. you know, work-life balance, productivity in business and in life, um, boundaries, priorities, and getting all of your crap in one sock prior to like thriving, because you've got to have that balance together before you can get to the other side of that. So find someone also who specializes in what you're struggling with. Mm Mm-hmm. I know one of the other things that you offer is a life audit. So uh, yeah. what is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of people ask me this because I say this word and I think I made it up. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I did or not. I I don't, I, I did say it, like I didn't read it somewhere, but I don't know if anybody else says this or not, but you need to know what time, like what time you're wasting not only what time you're wasting, but what are you wasting your time on? Mm. So we need to get an in-depth look at how you're spending your time. And so all of that starts with creating. So I use a jar analogy. So your jar, your life is a quart mason jar, right? Like, uh, like I said, I'm from the South, y'all. We know our jars. I'm a <laughs> jar freak. I've got them everywhere. Um, and so you're going to take your jar and you're going to fill it first with the rock. Those are the big pieces of your life that hold you down. They ground you um, and they take up the most space in your life. And this is not how you want it. This is not how you are living it right now. This is what you want it to look like in the end. Mm -hmm. So don't think about how you're spending your time now, but how are you spending your time? How do you want to be spending your time? So the rocks are the biggest pieces. Then goes your gravel, the smaller but substantial. Your sand fills in the grooves and the nooks and crannies left by the rocks and the gravel. And then the water is the fluff that fills it the rest of the way up. And I go in depth with that on clients with, I go in depth with that with clients and go over really specifically, how are they spending their time and how do they want to spend their time? Mm. And we audit, what are they doing right now? Mm. Where are they wasting their time? And I have them fill out a like extremely detailed week long audit of their time spent. Mm. So what did you do when you first got up? Like when you got home from work, did you sit on the couch? How long? What were you doing? And we go through and we audit how that time is being spent. Mm. I am not anti-scrolling Instagram. I am not <laughs> anti-watching Netflix. 
I think there's a place for that. But we can't get caught in that scroll hole of lost time. Mm. And so we take a look at that whole thing. We look at what needs to be cut out. Mm. We look at what needs to be cut back. And we look at the places to put all of these pieces together. But we also have to realize that hashtag all the things that has been so popular in 2020 is bull. Mm -hmm. We can't maintain hashtag all the things because the truth of the matter is if you are trying to do all the things, you're doing nothing well Mm -hmm. because you cannot give 100% to everything. You have Sometimes we have to cut back and cut out. And so that is what a life audit is. We look at all the things and Mm -hmm. see what needs to go, what needs to get cut back, and how to prioritize the big pieces in your life to manage the most. And that's what, that's also, I have a core four program. Um, and a lot of productivity people will tell you about core four and doing core four for the day. So these mm-hmm. are my four priorities for the day. I live by core four in my life. And so that life audit will also bring to light your core four. And those mm-hmm. are your core four priorities. My personal core four Um, are my family, myself, my business, and my home. I don't function in messy home, so Mm -hmm. I have to make sure that that's managed because I am not productive if there's a mess. Mm -hmm. Obviously, my family is a no-brainer. Myself is my self-care, meaning my mental health, my physical health, my spiritual health, and then my business, which is kind of obvious. Mm -hmm. And so those things get first priority. So Mm -hmm. when we do the life audit, we cut back, we cut out, then we go through with our core four and we fill in and then you start to see the pockets of time that you have Mm -hmm. for the fluff yeah I think doing something like that whether you're just doing it yourself or you're working with someone is so eye-opening because you realize I hear a lot of times people that like work a nine-to-five and they're like oh I can't start a business because like I have no time but then in reality, like, they're scrolling on Instagram for three hours every night or watching yep. Netflix for seven hours on Saturday. So. <laughs> and I have, my, I have my clients fill out that they, have, they need to tell me the time they start the activity and the time that mm-hmm. they end the activity. And it is very eye-opening. The other part, the other mistake people make with all of that is they're trying to shove a piece of a routine in a place that it doesn't fit. Mm. So say you have a, I have a client who is trying to make herself get up at five o'clock in the morning, even though she's not a morning person. And that's when she's going to do her workout because one of her goals is to be healthier. Mm-hmm. But if she gets up, if she doesn't get up at five o'clock because that's, she's not really a morning person and she gets up late, she doesn't have time for a workout. For her workout, she ends up skipping that step altogether. Yeah. So the other part of the life audit is finding where the pieces of your puzzle need to go to work for you specifically mm. in your routines and your habits. I don't subscribe to the fact that you have to get up early to be productive. Mm-hmm. I subscribe to the fact that you have to know yourself to know when you need to do the things because maybe your get up time is 8 30 but you stay up till 1 a.m and that's fine we just have to know how you tick how you work to put it in the right places for you Mm -hmm. um so when you're going and scheduling different things that you have to get done how do you get around making sure that you leave enough time to actually do it (laughs) yeah so that's that's a Biggie. First off, to me, 
there's a difference in a routine and a schedule. So mm-hmm. I'm going to just explain my premise there. So your schedule's the crap you got to do, right? Like mm-hmm. that is the appointments. So if you work, if you work, have your own business, that's the appointments that are on your schedule. If you work outside the home, that is your nine to five job. That is what you have to do. That's mm-hmm. your kids volleyball practice and whatever. Those are the times you can't get around. Your routines are just patterns of behavior that become habits. Mm. I do mine where I have my list of routines. These are my household routines. These are my self-care routines. These are my relationship routines. These are my work routines. I take my schedule every week and I plug my routines in where they fit rather than trying to have the same routines at the same time every day, Mm. which will never work Mm -hmm. because your week will never look the same. So if you pull in when it fits, you're a lot less likely to be like, well, I just didn't have time for that today, so I just won't do it. Mm -hmm. So you have your schedule first, then you plug in your core four, your priorities, and then you plug in your routines on top of that. Mm. And then instead of trying to force something and then throwing up your hands and be like, eh, it works. You know it works. You have a plan. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Are your routines related to your core four? Yes. Okay. So um, <laughs> I am a big fan of the word no. Mm-hmm. So like if I don't have time, I am not afraid to tell you no. So my routines are almost all centered around my core four because nothing else deserves my time that religiously. Mm. And that may sound cold, but it just doesn't. Again, because you can't do everything and do it well. So my routines and my core four time, they go hand in hand. I have relationship routines with my husband, with my kids to make sure that that stuff gets put in my week because that's what matters to me. Mm. And then the extra stuff goes in after that. So like I said, I don't function in a mess. So I have a household routine. So I have like specific days that I'm doing laundry. I also, my laundry room's downstairs. I dust downstairs and clean that bathroom. And so I plug that in knowing how much time that takes me Mm -hmm. to a day that I have that in my schedule. And then I have time to do in between routines too. And that's, there's a lot of plug and play Tetris to it, but, (laughs) um, but that's kind of the way I do it is making sure that I, I time block my life just as much as I time block my business or anything Mm -hmm. else. And so finding the way that things work together Mm -hmm. is the best way to be productive. Um, But yeah, my routines 100% are built around my core four Mm -hmm. because that's what I want to devote my time to more than anything. Yeah, makes sense. So I know you've talked about having anxiety and depression. Do you feel like these routines and kind of figuring out your core four and all that has really helped you pull out of that? Tremendously, yes. First and foremost, if you are suffering from anxiety and depression, do not be afraid to talk to your doctor. That has to be priority number one Mm -hmm. because your safety is most important. If you need meds, it's fine. Like, don't be ashamed of it. Go do it. More people should talk about it. Um, There is science and studies that say Routines can help reduce anxiety by up to 60%. It's because of the habit. Mm. It's the same principle that we watch the same shows over and over and over again, especially if you're anxious. If you have an anxious personality, you tend to watch, I watch Gilmore Girls over and over and over again because I feel secure because I know what's going to happen. I don't have to worry about it. 
the same thing with a routine. When you know what's going to happen because you have a routine and you do it the same way all the time, Mm -hmm. it reduces that anxiety and that stress because you know what you're going to do next. You don't have to think about it. It's just what's going to happen next. It took me some time. I am not going to tell you that I don't ever deal with anxiety. Um, The depression I have just about kicked to the curb, but I do still have anxiety. Um, But I manage it now with routines and priorities and boundaries. I'm very Mm -hmm. protective of my boundaries too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's so important because I have suffered from anxiety since I was like a teenager and I think I saw a meme about it, about the TV show thing. And, mm-hmm. like, I watch Friends, like, <laughs> over and over again. I watch Elf over and over again. And some people think that's, like, annoying. Yep. But to me, it's, like, so comforting. So. It's comforting. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's just, like, yes, it's comforting because we don't ever have to worry. Like, you know what's going to happen. And, like, Friends, okay, it's not like that's ever, like, Grey's Anatomy where you're like (laughs) somebody's gonna die off or something like that but you know what's gonna happen you know how it's gonna end you're happy about it it's just there's no worry about it and so it's so much better for your anxiety to watch that like I struggle with new shows like if I am watching something and I don't know how it's gonna go like I google spoilers I am one of these (laughs) people who wants to know what's gonna happen and that's the anxiety that's the anxiety talking yeah but that's great to know that routines have that same thing for you yep it does because you just don't have to think about it and like when you're in that anxious point and you don't and like that overwhelm point and you're frozen and you don't know what to do next mm. if you have a solid setup routine and habit you don't have to think about it yeah it keeps you from getting in that stuck position of not just not moving because the habit is there so you don't have to worry about deciding what to do next Mm -hmm. you just know what to do next and do you I know you mentioned starting small so do you recommend trying to create one habit at a time one habit at a time (laughs) or one one routine at a time yes Mm -hmm. because when you get too many you get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and then you throw in the towel on everything Um, It's like New Year's resolutions, and I hate that word, but here we are, like, starting off this new year, right? And, like, people, this, the New Year's resolution thing, people are like, I've got a list, and look at my list, and I'm going to do all this crap, and then 90% of the time, halfway through February, nobody's doing anything on that list, Mm -hmm. because we've tried to undertake all of these things at one time. If you have 2021 goals, like, great, write them down, and then work backwards. Mm -hmm. Pick a and work backwards also when it comes to starting a habit if your habit in the end is like to get up at 5 a.m and you want to get up at 5 a.m but right now you're getting up at 7 30 mm-hmm. don't start trying to set the alarm for five from 7 30 yeah try 15 minute increments so break it down work small break it down and celebrate those goals in between that's where momentum comes from so when mm-hmm. you start seeing success towards whatever habit you're trying to set, then you build momentum and it works quicker. Mm-hmm. But if you try to go from zero to a hundred in one foul swoop, you don't get the momentum because it takes you so long to get there that usually we give up before we get to that point. Yeah. Makes sense. So I want to get into philanthropy and can you share with us the ways that you give back and what makes you want to do that? 
Sure. My family has been involved in a local charity um, for as long as I can remember. It is Project Crossroads Mission here in our very small town of Marion, Virginia. Hmm. Our family pastor runs it. They provide firewood in the winter, and they do medical missions, disaster relief, and then they do home improvement because we live in an area that's very, very poor. And there are a lot of people who may, I've seen people that they need to put indoor plumbing in their homes. You know, if they become wheelchair bound, they'll put ramps going into the home Mm -hmm. on it and then do home improvements for people who just cannot afford it. Mm -hmm. And we've been involved in that. My mom's on the board now. Um, We run a family, we run a golf tournament every year. um, And it's in memory of my uncle, Hmm. um, who was the board of directors before he passed away in 2012. And now we do a golf tournament in his memory. This year, we did a virtual golf tournament and actually did really well. It was kind of, I was impressed. I was really afraid because that is the biggest fundraiser for our chair. Well, this charity that we work with all year long, but the virtual golf tournament did actually really well. Um, And my son not this past summer because of COVID, but the summer before last spent a good couple weeks actually being with the teams and going out and I think he put windows in and put a roof on and got to do some painting. And so it's just really important that my kids see that they're blessed. Mm -hmm. My husband, their dad did not grow up in the same type of environment that I did. And he wants them to see where some kids have to come from Mm -hmm. and it's very um it's very important for us to see that so yeah love it so I want to get into your best tips to being pretty AF what is your number one travel tip (gasps) oh my gosh okay so fun fact I started 2020 as a travel agent knowing (laughs) that I wanted to pivot to what I'm doing now but I had been a travel agent for years and years and um I planned Disney trips back in the day. Um, so, oh gosh, my number one travel tip would be go where makes you happy. If that means that it's the same place all the time, because ours is Disney World, like there's a lot to see out there. Mm-hmm. But if there's some place that holds your heart, don't be afraid to go visit there. Do mm-hmm. you? And it may not always be the popular place, and that doesn't matter. As long as it makes you happy, then go do it. Love it. What is your number one wellness tip? Wellness is holistic. Wellness doesn't always mean thin and in shape. Wellness, you need to be fit mentally, spiritually, and physically. And take care of your wellness as a whole. Don't Mm. pick one. Because one without the other, you're not going to have complete wellness. Yeah. And what is your number one beauty tip? Beauty is in the mind before it's in the mirror. And you've got to learn to love yourself if you have changes or differences you want to make. If you don't love yourself in that before picture, you're not going to love yourself in the after. Mm -hmm. So everyone is beautiful. You've got to learn to see it yourself. And, but it's, it starts in your mind. The mindset of beauty is far more important than what you ever see in the mirror. Well, thank you so much for joining me and answering all my questions and sharing all this with us. How can people find you or work with you or chat with you? I am at Kelly, K-E-L-L-I, Hayes Smith on every platform. Um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter's there, but not really. And (laughs) Pinterest. And then it is also kellyhayesmith.com. I am um, 
onboarding clients one-to-one. You can shop for the courses on my site. You can talk with me about working one-to-one on Instagram or on my website. I also have a free masterclass for Core 4. So that is also, that's on my Instagram and on my website. You can find out, like, learn how to create your Core 4 and what to do with it. And that's a free masterclass. Oh, I might have to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Listen, Core 4 has changed my life. It really has. And that's just because you start realizing that you don't really make the time for what matters to you. And Mm. that's why you're not content. My word for 2020 was contentment and my core four really helped me reach that peak. You mentioned just now that you you had a word for 2020. Uh Can you kind of share that process of, because I've heard of people doing that before, but I've never really looked into it. So it was, it's my focus for the year in all things. And I'm actually really glad I chose contentment for 2020 because I mean, you, we all know what 2020 looked like (laughs) and it was easy. It would have been easy to not be content with the way things went down Mm. or the sacrifices we all made, but I really tried to stay focused on it. So the way that I do that is I really look at my goals for the year and then try to focus, pick one word that kind of encompasses all of the goals and then focus on that word. And so 2020 was contentment and it was, I wanted to be solid and content in all aspects of my life. 2021 is growth because Mm. I would like to see myself grow personally business and also grow in strength and togetherness with my family. So this is the last question that I ask every guest. What does being pretty AF mean to you? Well, to me, it has got to be actions over anything else. Pretty is the way we treat other people. It's the way we, the kindness and compassion and empathy that we show for others. And I think that is more needed right now than it has ever been needed in my lifetime. And just, I want, I want people to think that I'm pretty, but not, I don't care what they think I look like. I want them to think that she has a pretty spirit and a pretty mm. way of, of communicating with others. And so to me, being pretty AF is kindness, compassion, empathy, and just justice being together. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.